Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Life Church. Everybody feel good? All right, in just a second, we're going to open to the book of Ephesians. But I want to, uh, before I introduce myself and my family, Bish, you shared a little bit, I, I, I want to honor the team here that's doing an incredible job leading through transition over the last few weeks and months and uh, moving to two services now. It's incredible making room for more people to find Jesus, uh, which is awesome. But Pastor Bish and Haley, I love you guys so much and believe that for such a time as this, God has chosen you to lead this incredible church into what is the future. We honor everything that's gone before. We honor the leaders of the past. And on that foundation, God has even greater things in store and I am privileged to be able to call you guys friend and to be able to do a little bit of life with you guys and also the whole Life Church staff and executive team and the leaders that are here. If you're part of this church and you're grateful for your leaders, can we just give God praise for who's leading this awesome church? I believe that this is the best thing happening in the Vancouver area on Sunday morning. Like, what else would you want to be doing? I was at the coffee shop this morning uh, just getting caffeinated because I flew in late last night and uh, grabbing, a, grabbing a coffee. And there was a group of people, uh, they, they, it was like a small group club deal. And some of them pulled out like some little like mini ukulele like instruments or something. Like, it looked like a club that had a similar interest. And can I tell you that this is not a club. That this is the family of God. If this was a club, we should just pack it up. And we'll just find who who looks like us, who talks like us, who thinks like us. And we should find our similar interests, similar passion. We should just go do what they were doing at the coffee shop. But no, this is the family of God. We are here because Jesus Christ has totally transformed, changed our life. We've gone from death to life in Jesus. This is way more than a club. This is family, and I'm, I'm coming from River Valley Church, uh, where, where we feel like we're family with Life Church, and we count it a privilege uh, to be able to do this journey together. You're reaching people in Vancouver. We're trying to reach people in Minnesota and beyond, and I'll share this. I, I grew up a pastor's kid, grew up in the church. I loved the church. When I was in high school, I was running from the Lord, and when I was 18, through a couple different things. We don't have enough time to share my full testimony, but the, the Lord totally rescued me when I was 18 years old, proved himself to me, which by the way, God's powerful enough to prove himself to you. So I don't feel the pressure to try to convince somebody. I feel the urgency to share what God's done in my life and believe that he's got the power to prove himself to that person. Uh, but I, I, I grew up in the church, running from the Lord, rescued at 18, called into ministry. And from there, uh, over the last 14 years, have served at our church called River Valley. I served in the capacity of worship uh, in young adults. My wife and I, we started our Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis campus now eight years ago. And I currently serve as an executive pastor are overseeing all of our 10 locations now. Uh, we're about to launch uh, our Chaska campus. You don't know where Chaska is. It's all good. Uh, but we're continuing to expand and try. The goal is not to build any type of River Valley kingdom, but to reach more people for Jesus Christ and to build a kingdom of God. And here in Vancouver, it's not about building some type of life church kingdom. It's about building the kingdom of God. We are family. We're doing the same thing on the same mission. I've been married now 12 years. And uh, you 
you said four boys. I've, I've got two boys, twin boys, and then I've got two daughters as well, eight, five, and then twin boys that are two. And it is the joy of the lifetime. As much as I feel called to be a pastor, even more so do I feel called to be a husband and a father and, and building family. And we're trying to, we're, we're a family that's harvesting together. We want to see people give their lives to Jesus. And so that's a little bit about, about me and our church and where I'm coming from. And again, it's just a privilege to be here. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. I know you guys are in the middle of a, a series called Anchor Verses. And this is kind of a standalone, separate from that series. But can I tell you, what we're about to read should be anchor verses for your life as well. So let's just attach it there just for a second. That this should be, if you've grown up in church, you're going to recognize this scripture. You're going to recognize this first. But it needs to be core to who you are as a Christ follower. We're going to read from verses 1 to 10. Everybody good? All right, here we go. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. He says this to to the church, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Not super encouraging uh, to start, you know, hey, you guys were dead. Following the course of this world, Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were like the world, living like the world. And here's the anchor verse. But God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Another anchor verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. We don't earn it so that no one can boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works with which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're talking about total life transformation. And today I'd love to, to uh, talk about this message. The title of the message is countless testimonies. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have countless testimonies. And our testimony ultimately is Jesus Christ. He is the one that deserves all the credit, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise goes to Jesus. Countless testimonies. Let's pray one more time before we go. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity in your presence to open the word of God, which is the authority by which our lives should be governed. No other authority other than the word of God. We live our life on the word of God. And I thank you that the truth is, once we were dead in our trespasses, but in Christ Jesus, we've been made alive. And Lord, I thank you for life. And I pray that at the end of this service, when there's an opportunity for somebody here to give their life to Jesus Christ, that they would make the greatest decision of all time to say, Lord, you have my life. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you make me new? Can you make me alive in you? I pray that more than anything else today, Holy Spirit, would you have your way? In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Normally in a message, this is a, this is a good time to like share a humor, a story, and get us laughing. But when I read a scripture like that, what 
I want to do is I want to worship. What comes out of me is a heart of gratitude and a heart of worship. And I know it's awkward. We don't have uh, master pianist uh, Dave on the keys right now. But I'm, I grew up in church. This is an old song that wells up from time to time within me that it's like, this is what my heart wants to do when I find out that I've been made alive in Christ. And I know I'm in Canada. And so, like, listen, you, you can be quiet. Just It's all good. But I'm hoping that this is a little bit of a dialogue. I'm, I'm hoping that there's some worshipers in the room. And I don't know if you grew up in church and know this song, but this is what wells up within me. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity long and find that there is none like you. If you know it, you can sing it with me. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity long and find that there is none like you. Come on, church. Can we give God some praise today? Like he's totally changed our life. We're not just an upgraded version of ourselves, but we were dead in our sin, dead in our trespasses, and we've been made alive in Christ. We've got countless testimonies. The testimonies defined as this. It's a declaration of truth or fact made by a witness. It's evidence of something. It's a public profession of beliefs or experience. The New Testament word for testimony is marturion. And it's noun and verbal forms mean this. It means witness. And it's where we get the word martyr. So the ultimate testimony is one that lays down his life for Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was a witness And he was a martyr. As the forerunner of the Messiah, the forerunner for Jesus, his mission was to bear witness to the light and to identify the Lamb of God. John chapter 1, 6 6 through 8 says this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, somebody with the testimony, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. He was the forerunner. And just like John the Baptist, now we, we are not the light, but we are a light set on a hill. Like Jesus said, we're not the light, but we're to reflect the light of Jesus Christ to the world. Just like John was saying, hey, it's not about me. The one who comes after me, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. I'm not even worthy. He is the one. That's how we should live our life. Saying it's not about me. It's not about my accolades. It's not about my education. Not not about how much I know. Not about how talented I am. Not about how much money I can earn. Not about how much fame I can amass. But it's about Jesus Christ. And he has changed my life. Totally transformed. Like John the Baptist. Even to the point of death. Should we be bold in our faith in Jesus Christ. Point number one. Is we are people of the testimony. We talked about family earlier. This is not a club. This is not just a Christian club. This is a family. And when you give your life to Christ, you have a new heritage. And the people of God are the people of the testimony. So before you gave your life to Jesus, no, that wasn't your heritage. But now that you gave your life to Christ, you are now a person of the testimony and learn about your heritage. I've got an adopted brother from Guatemala. 
So when I was born, he, he was older than me. My parents had already adopted him. At 22 years old, they flew to Guatemala and picked up my brother, adopted him, and now he married a Puerto Rican, and they live in Miami, and they're living a Hispanic life, but we were raised in the Midwest. And he, he was a part of this, this Norwegian family. And can you imagine if he lived his whole life thinking like, I'm Norwegian. And then he finds out, nope, I'm Guatemalan. He's going to identify with a different heritage. Where did I come from? Yes, I've been raised by this family, but where did I come from? And you as a Christ follower, you are not who you once were. You are now in the family of God. And the people of God are the people of the testimony. Let me prove it to you in the word of God. In the Old Testament... The people of God were called the Israelites, the Hebrews. They were, they were the people of God from Adam, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Now you had the Israelites, and they were people of the testimony. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18, when Moses was leading the people of God, God gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking to him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony. Did you know that the Ten Commandments are also called the two tablets of the testimony? Tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Oh, man. Can you imagine being there on Mount Sinai in the presence of God? Written with the finger of God. I wish I could have witnessed that. And that power at the top of Mount Sinai. The Ark of the Testimony was, was where the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle of Moses. So I understand that if you're visiting or you're new or you're new in Christ, it's like, you know, I... I I'm, I'm, I'm going into some verses and some history and some heritage that the word of God is amazing. And the history of the people of God is amazing. And let me just encourage you, like, you're not behind. You've been made alive. And if there's nothing else that I could tell you, nothing has changed my life more than when I chose, I'm going to get in the word of God. Like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to be in this day in and day out. And I'm going to do some research about my new family. And so I'm kind of breezing by, but the Ark of the Testimony was where the presence of God was. Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. God says, There I'll meet with you, and from above the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant, from between two cherubim that are on the Ark, the ark of the Testimony. So in church, you, maybe you've heard of the Ark or the, and not Noah's Ark. We've heard of the Ark of the Covenant. It's also known as the Ark of the Testimony. This is straight from the Bible. I will speak to you, uh, with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. So they had the tablets of the testimony, the Ten Commandments. They had the Ark of the Testimony. And even the tabernacle itself, where, where God was, what they set up in the wilderness while they were wandering, was called the Tabernacle of Testimony. Exodus chapter 38, verse 21. And these are the records of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were recorded at the commandment of Moses, the responsibility of the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So why am I sharing this? Because it's our heritage as Christ followers that we are people of the testimony. But what does that mean for me today? That's thousands of years ago. It means nothing to me. No, it, it means a lot. Because there's so much in the Old Testament that is symbolism for who we are in the New Covenant and the New Testament. Side note, testimony and testament are 
connected. Why did they name it Old Testament and New Testament? Did you know that when they were the, 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 the elders of the people of God, the, the church fathers, when they were saying, hey, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna find what is canon. There's 66 books in the Bible. This is the word, and it is complete and is finished, and the word of God is alive and active. We don't need to add to the Bible to get God's new revelation. That's what, that's what many other cults and sects do. Uh, they add to what is the word of God. No, we don't do that, and we don't rip pages out either it is complete and it's awesome but they were going to name it old covenant and new covenant but when they when they when they thought of the word covenant it it wasn't a strong enough word because covenant symbolizes two equal players making an agreement like in a marriage covenant there are two equal players me and my wife in a marriage covenant saying we i agree and you agree we are equal in this together making that decision they chose testimony and or testament new testament and old testament why because it symbolizes that there is actually it's not two equal players but there's an infinitely more powerful initiator in God making a commitment to his people and to his children and his redeeming plan to save all of humanity. That's why they chose testament. Man, I get pumped up about that. It's kind of nerdy, but okay. So why does it apply to us today? Why does this matter? Like, how should it affect my life? Learning about that we're people of the testimony. Remember on Mount Sinai, God wrote on the tablets of the testimony, the 10 commandments he wrote with his finger. Now let's read in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. This is the covenant that I'm going to make with the people of God after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws, not on tablets of testimony, but I'll put it into their mind, and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Think about it. The same power that Moses experienced on Mount Sinai to see the finger of God onto the tablets of the testimony is the exact same power you have experienced when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because with his finger, he wrote salvation and a testimony on your heart. Forget tablets of stone. God wrote it on my heart. He's totally transformed my life. And now we don't just put the testimony in a box called the Ark of the Testimony into the tabernacle of the testimony. Instead, he wrote it on my heart. And now I carry the testimony everywhere I go. We are people of the testimony. Hey, I'm energetic and uh, I'm extroverted and I'm a people person. And I understand that if you're on the other side of me, this is a lot. Especially if you're introverted. I want you to know I love you. You don't have to be like me. And I don't have to be like you. But we are needed in the family of God. Okay, we're people of the testimony. We have a new heritage in Christ. Number two is we are people of the testimony. So testify. All right, we got a job to do. There's a great commission. We got a world to reach. Why don't we give our lives to Christ and God just vaporizes us to heaven, man? Wouldn't that be awesome to not have to deal with all the pain and the grief and the sorrow and the trials of life that we, man, can I just give my life to Christ and let's just go now because that's where there's no more sickness, no more tears, no more hurting, no more pain. And we're in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Wouldn't that be awesome if we just give our lives to Christ? Why doesn't that happen? Why? Because people who don't know Jesus are going to die and go to hell. 
And they need us here on earth. As long as I got air in my lungs, my job is to tell people about what Jesus has done in my life and that if he did it in me, he can do it in them. And we're trying to bring as many people here as possible. That every chair in here would be full of people that go, what are, what, why are we clapping our hands? And why are we lifting our hands? And what's he talking about? And what's this Bible that I've, I've heard about it? I've never, we, we, to be full of people that are learning for the very first time that once they were dead in their trespasses, but they can be resurrected and alive in Christ. We have to testify. 1 John uh, chapter 5, 6 through 12 says this. This is he who came by water and blood. Also, John is a martyr. So to the point of death, lived his life as a testimony. He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by water and blood. He came through, what's that saying? He came through the womb, the water of his mother's womb, which is also just a symbolism of water baptism. Why do we, why do, we do water baptism the way we do? Oh, because we're, we're, we're part of the family of God. Like, like Just like the Israelites went through the Red Sea from captivity into their newfound freedom. That's, that's the symbolism of going through the waters of baptism. I go down in the water and I come out. It's a symbolism that I was once in my trespasses. Now I've been made alive in Christ. The same as being in the womb and coming out of the water of the mother's womb. I know it's like for the kids in here, it's like, pull, that's gross. But it's this symbolism of life. That's why we do what we do. So Jesus came from the water, but then also the blood. He died on the cross for us. And the Spirit, let me just keep reading. We're going to take way too much time if I do any more rabbit trails. And the Spirit is the one who testifies. Interesting that God is testifying about himself. The Spirit is testifying about the truth of Jesus Christ. It's awesome that the Father testifies to the Son, the Son of the Spirit, Spirit of the Father. It's like God is testifying. And if we are to be like Jesus, and if we are to be like him, we have a song that we sing in our church, to be like Christ. All I want is to be like Christ. God is testifying about himself. So we should as well. For there are three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood. If these three agree, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son has the testimony in himself written with the finger of God. Whoever does not believe in God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So we don't have a testimony about, yeah, once I was this and then I was this unless it's in Christ. Think about it this way. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have a testimony. Because it doesn't matter how successful you are in this world. It doesn't matter how many uh, pleasures in this life that you get to experience. If you're still dead in your trespasses, you're still dead in your trespasses. Jesus Christ is the only one that can make us alive in him. He is our testimony. I'm going to move forward. God is testifying about himself, and he's bearing witness. Hebrews 2, 3, and 4 says this. How, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So let's not, let's not neglect it. Not, let's not turn away. 
It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. God is testifying about Himself. Even nature testifies about the glory of God. And if we don't testify, the Bible says the rocks will cry out. Man, I don't want rocks to cry out and do my job. I want to testify about what God has done. Some of you that are listening, like, if he says testimony one more time, I'm out of here. I'm hoping that it gets into your heart that the job that we have to do sometimes is daunting of, I don't know how to share my faith. I definitely don't have the answers to all of life's questions. I can find what I can find in God's word, but I'm, I'm limited and I'm, I'm a simple person. Maybe you're like me. Like There's people that are they're academic people and they're, they're so smart and they're, they're awesome. But, but me, I feel, I feel like I'm a simple mind and I'm a simple person. How do, I, how do I do this? It's kind of scary to go out into the world and share my faith. What do I do? It is as simple as sharing. This is who I was before I gave my life to Christ. And this is who I am now. It's not because of my works. I can't boast about it. It's, it's because a miracle has taken place in my life. I've been totally transformed. That is our job as Christ followers. That's sharing your faith. And we'll talk more about that in a second. We have, to, we have to testify. We have an opportunity to either be a faithful witness, test, testimony and witness are the same word. We have an opportunity to be a faithful witness or we have an opportunity to be a false witness. And false witnesses, it seems more like abrupt, like, like, wait, wait, you're calling me a false witness? Maybe. We'll, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Let me explain it. Because a lot of times when we, we hear about like heresy or false teaching or false witness, we're, we're thinking about uh, a biblical truth. Um, you, you know, you're teaching something that's not a biblical truth, which, which is severe and not right and not good. That, but also how we live our life and how we testify about what God has done in our life. We can either be a faithful witness or we can be a false witness. I'll explain it like this. When I was 11 years old, I had the greatest summer of my life. I was on the 11-year-old baseball team. You guys play baseball in Canada? I'm kidding. 11-year-old baseball team, greatest summer of my life. And, uh, and because I, I got to play with all my best friends. I didn't have a mortgage. Awesome. <laughs> and we had, we had a coach. His name was Tim Matz. He was 22. And I just, I remember that because he was twice our age. And I was like, dude, we're 11. You're 22. You're such an old man. And now I'm 34, and I feel like, wow, wow, where did the time go? It's crazy. But Tim Matz was awesome. And during uh, our practices throughout the year, we would end our practice the same way every time, all all summer long. It was the coolest thing ever. As an 11-year-old boy, we would get to pitch to our coach, and he would bring out his bat. And this bat was, it was like, it was like, I remember it as like a golden bat. It was like, it was like, awesome. And it was bigger than the one we could use in games, but like it, it felt like this was a magical bat. We would pitch to him and he would crush homers out of the park on like 11 year old kids, which if you're driving by and you see like a grown man, like destroying 11 year olds on the baseball field, it's like kind of a funny sight, but 
It was the coolest thing. Like as a kid, I was like, dude, our coach is awesome. And he can hit the baseball so far. And it's amazing. And that, that's his bat. Like it's, it's so good. At the end of the season, he said, hey, I, I want to give this bat to, to one of the players. And I, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And, and he said, I want to give this bat to Kirk. I want to give it to you. And, and he was giving it to me in front of all my friends. Like life-changing. But you want to know what happened immediately. I started to feel like this weight and this pressure and this, this belief in myself, if I lose this bat, like if, and the reason I was thinking that is because the, you, can, you can kind of tell my, my, how my brain works. You can kind of tell. I, I would lose things as a kid all the time. Like, and I would get blamed for losing things. We'd lose the TV remote or, you know, where the keys go or where, where'd this go? Or, and, and most of the time it was my fault, like, to be fair. Like, most of the time, I, like, I, I was the one, like, I was kind of the rabble rouser of the four, you know, I've got three siblings. Like, I, I was kind of the wild child. And I just thought in that moment in front of all my friends, like, what if I lose this bat and then next season, like, they're gonna be like, Where, where's the bat? And I, like, I lost it. You know, I was just, I, and this, this, this belief in myself overwhelmed me in the moment of, I lose things all the time. And what if I lose this bat? And I, I'm, 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 I'm such a loser. Don't laugh at my pain. And I told Tim Matz, the coach, I said, I can't, I can't receive the gift. I can't take it. I, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm going to lose it. And he's, he, he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I, please, please. I can't. Like, I couldn't take the pressure of it. And so he's like, all right. And he gave it to Tyler Milky. <laughs> and he gave it to somebody else. What I'm trying to describe to you is I think sometimes as Christ followers, we do that. Where we, we don't, you know what I should have done? It said, yes, I've lost some things before, but now this great gift has come into my life and I'm going to live up to it. And as Christ followers, we should not think about who we were before Christ. Well, I, I used to do this, this, and this, or I was addicted to that, or I, I doubted there, or had all these questions or concerns, or I was skeptical there, or I was, I was once this way, I'm, this, I'm just an angry person, or this is just who I am. Nope. You've been made alive in Christ. And don't live as a false witness saying, no, nah, this is who I am. This is, this is what, it's what it's always going to be. And I'm just, this is just, no, like, no, be the faithful witness. That's who I was and who I am today. It doesn't matter if it happened last night. Because I'm being made new every single day. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I've come alive in Jesus Christ. And as Christ followers, we should be alive and as faithful witnesses. That was longer than I wanted to do. Praise God. Let's be faithful witnesses. I wish I was 11 years old. I say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Like, I'm going to live up to this. Like, give me that bat. I'm going to keep it forever. I'm not losing this. I'm not losing enough. I wish we as Christ followers should live with that type of confidence that he's going to give us the strength to live it out. Okay, we're people of the testimony. We're wrapping up here in a second. And if we're people of the testimony, we should testify. Last point is this, is if we're people of the testimony, then we should prophesy. So, if, you, if, if you've been around church for any length of time, maybe you're more comfortable with that word. Or if you're new, it's like, 
prophecy, like I'm cool with the Bible stuff and I'm cool with, you know, you know, change my life, but I'm not sure about that one. Let me explain it in light of this message. In Revelation chapter 19, it says this. This is John who also was a martyr, not John the Baptist, but John the disciple. Um, actually, because he was one, one of the disciples and because he was standing strong, he was boiled in oil. And then they put him on this island called Patmos. And then he had a vision. And then he wrote about that vision. And that's the book of Revelation. So that's, that's what we're reading. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10 says this. Then I fell down at his feet and worshiped him. He's having this, this kind of spiritual and supernatural experience. And he sees an angel. He says, I fell down at his feet to worship this angel. But the angel said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. The angel saying, don't fall down on your knees and worship me. I'm just the same as you. We're testifying about Jesus. So we don't worship angels. We worship Jesus. He says, don't do that. Worship God. And the angel says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I shared this at the team rally just before service. What does that mean? Sometimes in church, it's like the testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy, testimony of Jesus, spirit, you know, it's like church people that are annoying, like testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy. It's like, okay, uh, what does that mean? Like, you know, we're just, we just throw out phrases, you know, and here's what it means. And here's what the whole message is about. And hopefully it encourages you, impacts your life, that you live different as we leave from here. I'm, I'm, living, I'm trying to live different every single day. To actually live this out. Here's what it means. When I share about what Jesus has done in my life, the testimony of Jesus, when I share what Jesus has done in my life, this is not because I'm awesome. It's not because I'm talented. Even though the the gifts and talents came from the Lord in the first place, it's not because I'm super smart, not because I tried hard, not because I was born into the right family, not because I've been around church for a long time, not because of any of that stuff, but because of what Jesus has done in my life. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when I share what Jesus has done, it is a prophetic word for the hearer. Okay, so we know people. I hope you know people that don't know Jesus. And I hope you have a burden for them that they would come to Christ, that they, they would not walk dead in their trespasses, but they would become alive. And we've we have the answer. But it doesn't matter who you share it with. Maybe it's, maybe it's a family member or a friend that's, they're an atheist. They don't believe there is a God. So when we, when we die, it's, it's over. So let's just live the best life here and it's just done. Maybe, maybe you know somebody in your life and you'll, you'll share your testimony, your story of what God's done in your life. And they, they had a bad experience in church or they had a bad representation of who our God is. And now they're angry at God. Maybe it's because something didn't go their way. Maybe it's because somebody in their life that they love died. And, and they're blaming God because of, and because of that, they're angry at God. So, so you're sharing the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. And, and they're an atheist or they're angry or, or, or they're somewhere in between. Maybe, maybe they're, they're a part of another faith, another religion. We're not, all faiths are not going to the same place. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
So we can, as Christ followers, we cannot just live our life. We're not going to be jerks about it. But we can't just live our life like, hey, you got your thing, I got my thing. We're kind of all just do like we're just let's just be good people. That's not how it works. It's not the gospel. But you might share with a Muslim, you might share with a Jewish person, you might sh- share with a Mormon, you might share with with somebody Scientology, whatever it is. Somebody's about horoscopes or witchcraft or what whatever it is. When you share with that hearer, Here's what they hear. If God did it in your life, then he can do it in mine. If God did it in your life, he can do it in mine. So the heavy lifting is not really on our shoulders. We just share the testimony of Jesus. And what they hear is a prophetic word over their life. If God did it in you, he can do it in me. Reverse back to the Old Testament stuff just real quick. The presence of God was in the ark of the testimony, that box where, which held the Ten Commandments, the tablets of the testimony. This is awesome. No longer is the presence of God in the box called the ark of the testimony. Where's the presence of God? It's, it's in your testimony. So people don't have to go to the temple now And have a high priest go into a secret room on their behalf to get close to God, to hear a word from God, and then get like, hey, like tell me, you know, what's God saying? What's he doing? Nope. When Jesus died on the cross, what happened in the temple? The veil was torn in two. It was ripped in two, which that was symbolism. That the presence of God was leaving the holy of holies and entering the hearts of humanity. So now when I share my testimony, it's backed with the wind of the Holy Spirit. That the hearer hears, if God did it in you, he could do it in me. I don't even believe in God, but I'm, I'm receiving something. There's something coming alive in me. There's something like I'm receiving oxygen that I didn't know I needed. Like I'm, I'm, I'm becoming hungry for something that I didn't know I was hungry for. That's what happens when we share our testimony. And you might still be sitting here after all of this message and go... I don't have a testimony other than the fact that I gave my life to Christ. But I, I, don't, I don't know how to share that. Like, you're lying. False witness. Don't walk out. You have countless testimonies. Come on. You have countless testimonies. I was depressed. I was not living for Lord, the Lord. I was addicted. I was bulimic. I got arrested twice. I, I was lacking all types of purity. And in all of that disruption and debauchery and the way that I was living from 14 years old to 18 years old God's hand extended to me and pulled me up out of it and totally transformed my life that's some of my testimony but what about you and how we're going to end is it's participation I'm going to read a list of things that God does in people's lives and if one of these bullet points if one of these things applies to what God has done in your life, I'm going to ask that you would stand. Participation. Because you have countless testimonies. Don't tell me you haven't. If you're alive in Christ, He's done way more than just save you on a contractual piece of paper. He's done way more. Seen and unseen. But even just the seen, it's countless. So if this applies to you, just so you know, on 90% of these, I'm standing. 
because he's he has truly done it in my life but if he's done this in you when i read it would you stand if you had a hard heart and now god has softened your heart would you stand if you were controlling but now you're trusting would you stand if you were angry but now you're self-controlled stand if you were barren and now you're a mother you can stand if you are bitter, now forgiving, stand. I'm going to go faster. Rejected, now accepted. Rebellious, now a leader. Destructive, now a builder. Deceptive, now integrous. Condemned, now forgiven. Confused, now clarity of mind. Addicted, now sober-minded. In bondage, now set free. In witchcraft or in a cult, now baptized in the Holy Spirit and operating in the gifts. Afraid, now courageous. Stress, now peaceful. Prideful, now humble. Idolatrous and covetous, now a worshiper of the one true God. A liar, now a truth-teller and prophetic. Paranoid, now secure. Verse now cleansed, legalistic now grace filled, selfish now generous, tormented now delivered, doubtful now assured, poor now rich, profane now purified, sick now healed. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Can everybody stand to their feet if you're not already? And can we give God praise that He is in the business of changing lives? He will change your life. And if you come alive in Christ, you have countless testimonies. And he's just getting started. The best is not behind you. It's in front of you. you got to believe it. I don't care if you're 88 years old. The best is ahead of you, not behind you. you got air in your lungs. God's got a job for you to do. And it's to reach more people. How awesome would it be if God uses you, even until your last breath, to see somebody added to the kingdom of God. Man, we are on mission to reach to Wasson and Ladner and Delta and Point Roberts, even the Americans across the border, and Vancouver and Richmond and White Rock, and I don't know the other areas. We're on mission to reach every single person for Jesus. And if we were, if we were asleep at the wheel, let this be your wake-up call that God has given you countless testimonies. And we got a job to do to see people added to the kingdom. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes right now? Lord, I thank you that you are in the room. And this is not about hype. This is not about a personality. This is not about charisma. This is about God. You change lives. You have changed our lives. And today we say thank you. Today we're grateful. Help us live on mission to reach more people for you. And just with every person standing, but with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to give an opportunity for anybody here to give their life to Jesus. We should never gather and just assume everybody's saved. That's Christian club stuff. We're not in a club. We're a family that is on mission trying to harvest together to see more souls added to the kingdom of God. And I know you're standing, and maybe you're standing because you didn't want to be the only one sitting But I don't want to assume that you've given your life to Jesus and you've asked for forgiveness of sin. Here's the gospel message. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. You know you're not perfect. Me too. What the Bible teaches is that because of our sin, we were separated from God and actually what we deserved is death. Heavy. But God is a good God. Maybe you've not thought that before, but God is a good God and He wanted to create a way back for you to be in right relationship with him. He wanted to create a way that you could be forgiven of your sin. 
And so instead of us needing to die because of our shortcoming, God, the Father, sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth. And Jesus lived the perfect life that we could never live. And He was born of a virgin. Just as a side note with our eyes closed, just think about this. We were, the Bible teaches that we were born into sin and we sin. Jesus, born of a virgin, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, was not born into sin, nor did he ever sin. So he's the only one that has the resume to be able to pay for the sins of all humanity. It's the potency of his perfection that he could do over 2,000 years ago on a cross for you, he could pay for your sin. And right now, Jesus, he didn't didn't just die, but he rose again. Maybe you've heard of the holiday called Easter, Resurrection Sunday. We, We celebrate in the church of Jesus Christ that Jesus is alive. And right now, he sits at the right hand of the Father, And God is offering you salvation. He's offering you forgiveness of sin, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Right now, guilt, shame, all of it can just be washed away and your security in heaven forever and ever and ever can be a a sure thing. And right now, you can go from death to life. How? Do I got to attend church every weekend? Do I got to give more? Do I got to do more? Do I got to think better? Nope, all of that stuff comes after. You don't have to try for this. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life and believe that God raised him from the dead. And because of that, you will be saved. That's what the Bible teaches. In just a moment, just with our heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to pray a prayer. You're going to repeat a prayer after me. But you're going to pray something to the effect that, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you make me new? I, I want to give you my life today. Would you be the Lord of my life? And if you're believing that in your heart and if you're praying it out loud with your mouth, you are saved. You are a new creation. So with nobody looking around, I'm just going to count to three. When I say three, would you lift your hand in the air saying, that's me. Today is my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I want to make that decision. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. That when I say three, you know it's you. Don't wait another day. Today is the day of salvation. When I say through, just lift your hand. You can put it right back down. I won't call you forward. I won't call you out. I'm not gonna, you're not going to be embarrassed or anything. But in just a moment, we're gonna, everybody in the room is going to repeat a prayer after me. And today is your day. I believe you know it's you, God speaking to your heart. When I say through, just lift your hand. You can put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand. Yes, yes. Today's the day of salvation. Awesome. Anybody else? Just looking around real quick. All right, we've got two people in this room making a decision to follow Jesus. Can we pray this prayer out loud? Everybody repeat after me. Even if you're saved, as a, as a form of encouragement next to that person, would you say these words? Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Would you please forgive me? Today I receive your gift, the free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate with people giving their lives to Jesus today.
make a little bit of noise like it's the best family to be a part of. It's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.